I decided to make, um, I was telling Manuel about, I wanted to make a podcast. Originally it was going to be called Jay Creates a Podcast Podcast. But a few years ago, I had made like a podcast, but like it was more like a radio show where I would play music and just talk about it and play music and talk about it or whatnot. And I kind of like stopped doing it. I only did it for like two episodes, but like I decided like I kind of really want to bring that back. So I decided like yesterday that I was going to do it. It's called J Crate Survive Radio. Um, and I did episode one where like I play some music, talked about it, play some music, talked about it. Um, I could only really upload it to SoundCloud just because I'm like, I'm playing actual music, you know? So um, that was probably the easiest way, but I am trying to use Anchor FM to see like, cause they have a future where you can like actually like play music, like do Spotify on it. Um, but as we already talked about, Manuel, um, Anchor is not the best <laughs> app in software. Anchor sucks. <laughs> and, you know, like they said that it was published, but if you look on Spotify, like nothing comes up. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So check it out on SoundCloud, J Crate Survive Radio. Um, I already have episode one up there. Um, yeah. And then there's an uninterrupted version too. So basically, like seven episodes into this podcast, you've already created a new podcast. <laughs> yes, well, see, no, I wouldn't even call it a podcast. It's not a podcast. It's a radio show. It's a radio show. Like, like I kind of want to get away from like the podcast. Like, I'm trying to make my own like world here. Um, <laughs> of course you do. And, of like, course think, you're making your own world. <laughs> Jay creates the world, you know. Um, but like, I, I think this is like my my way of doing that. Plus it's like something I really love. Like I love music. So I'm just doing exactly what I like um, to do like on my own time. And, you know, like I'm not expecting anybody to listen to this. This is more for my own enjoyment, but I did it. And I think that was just the biggest thing that I wanted to do. I just wanted to do something that I was excited about and passionate about. So my goal is to be um, consistent with it. Um, so, We'll see how that goes, but I'm I'm pretty confident. Like doing this podcast and stuff has definitely given me like the the encouragement and like the the drive to do more. You realized, hey, this this podcasting stuff, it's easy. All I have to do is talk and uh, then people listen to it. Yes. It, it honestly podcast is the wave. Like like I just think the idea of like just doing audio cuz I mean like we're we're in such a world where video, 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 video. Yeah, video is great. Video is great. I mean like we work in a video production company, but like personally for me and like it only being me is very hard at least for in my life to kind of manage all of that. You got to record, set it up, edit all type of stuff whether when it's just with audio you literally set up your mic record and that's it pretty much plus my plus and minus some uh, some things you want to do like edit it for example make sure it sounds good for sure uh, but yeah that makes me happy that um this podcast has inspired you to do more and honestly i agree like i i always feel like i mean i've said this many times in the past i feel like everybody should have a podcast really even if you know you have a small audience maybe like if you have something to say record a podcast it's much easier than to become a writer for example because not everybody knows how to mm -hmm. write necessarily but everybody knows how to talk and how to tell a story exactly and it's a great medium and you can listen so much more than you can even watch videos so the capacity is also higher exactly speaking of which we um we have some listeners already 
First of all, thank you to those of you who immediately sent me an email when I accidentally published only half of the last episode. <laughs> if you listened to the last episode and wondered, hey, why does this stop in the middle of the conversation? Um, that's because we were traveling and we were in a place with very, very bad internet. And somehow I managed to upload half of the episode and publish it. I didn't even know this was technically possible, but somehow it published like half of the MP3 and it went into the feed. And then some kind listeners wrote in and I fixed it the next day. And so if you didn't listen to the whole episode, just delete it and download it again and then we also got some feedback one of which i would like to just mention as follow-up because we talked about banks in germany and we specifically talked a lot about n26 and about dkb and veronica writes i would recommend gls bank it's a sustainable alternative to conventional banks where you Never know where your money goes. You do have to pay a yearly contribution to support their green initiatives. The sign-up process was super smooth, unlike with N26, with whom I actually had a horrible experience. For some reason, they don't approve accounts with certain citizenships. So that's a good tip. Um, we actually have a GLS account as well with our company. And I think it's absolutely true that this bank has good values and tries to do the right thing um, so i don't have any personal experience with it but i would definitely pass on this recommendation thank you so much veronica so what are we talking about today tourists go home <laughs> okay tourists go home i i will put i will put that photo in the in the chapter art if you're listening on a good podcast app not spotify you can see the <laughs> chapter image and you will see Jay and me standing in front of a wall in Barcelona that says tourists go home. And uh, is this something that we believe in? No, I think it's great that no, Berlin has no. lots of tourists. Yeah, it, it was it was very funny. I think that was the theme of Barcelona. You would see on all these walls, tourists go home, tourists go home. People would paint over it one day and then come back the next day. And yeah, today we're talking about, well, not necessarily tourists go home, but like I was always wondering how not to be a tourist. Um, and I'll elaborate a little bit on that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a tourist. I encourage people to, you know, if you're living in a place and you've been living there for a long time, try to switch on your tourist mode. Go see things that you have never seen before. However, on the flip side of that, I think whenever I go to a new city or I go to a new place, I don't like doing the cliche touristy things, you know, like the stuff like you can see online. I like doing the things that locals would do. I like doing the things that people who actually live in a city do and like rep replicate how they live. So this episode is essentially about how not to be a tourist, how, you know, to live a more local lifestyle, so to say. Yeah. Or I guess if you're not moving to Berlin, but you're just thinking about visiting then maybe this would be a few recommendations in terms of what to do or how to do it when you're visiting without being too much of a tourist i i have that same feeling like i i used to be very kind of even allergic to this word tourist and i would be like i'm not a tourist i'm a traveler um, <laughs> i think it's a little ridiculous really to get hung up on these words so much in the end it's a spectrum and when i traveled around the world i definitely did tons of really touristy things and 
things that are in the top 10 things you need to do when you're in Peru or whatever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with going to those places or doing them. But there is a certain mindset, I think, that some people or that that you can fall into where basically all you're doing is checking off lists and like, yep, gone there, done that. And like basically you are taking a guidebook and you're just checking off all the lists. And I think the mindset that I try to have when I'm visiting is just to experience the place and be present in the place and give chance and uh, serendipity a chance, <laughs> you know, and just to give like pl- have time to wander around and and get myself into trouble, basically. That is such a great mindset. I completely agree with that. Um, honestly, I think whenever I've, I've allowed myself to kind of just wander around a city, I probably have found a lot more than I would if I had, you know, planned everything out. Um, and I, I I think that freedom is one of the beauty, one of the best things about going to a new place and experiencing it for the first time is that you don't know anything and everything is so exciting for you. You know, like something as mundane as shopping in a grocery store has completely been transformed with me being here in Germany because the grocery store is not just a grocery store now. It's, it's a jungle for me, you know, different languages, different types of food, different placements of things, you know. Um, and I think when you're able to, yeah, just have that type of um, embrace the serendipity of life when you're in a new place. I just, yeah, I just think that's probably one of the best state of beings you can ever, you know, get yourself in. Totally. Have you ever used couchsurfing.org? No, I haven't. I know a lot about it and I've heard a lot of people who have done it before and I've heard good things about it. Um, but no, I haven't tried it. Have you? Yes, actually, I, I used to be hugely into couchsurfing, both as a surfer, as they call them. So I couchsurfed many, many years ago in Mexico and in different places that I visited or lived in and had some really cool experiences there. And then also later when I was traveling around the world, I couchsurfed in Hong Kong and in Tokyo and in some of these kind of really expensive cities just to save some money. Um, And then I also hosted people in Berlin um, for a while and might actually pick that up again now that I have a place where I have a couch where people can sleep on. But basically um, the, the experiences that I've had, what made them special was that people didn't just give me a couch to crash, but they kind of made me part of their daily life for a day or a few days. And I, I'm thinking back, like I don't think I ever did something like super touristy with any of my couch surfing hosts or guests. Like it was never like, okay, let's go check out the Brandenburg Gate or let's do this really touristy thing. It was always like hanging out, cooking together, going for a walk. Um, hey, we know this really cool cafe. You should see it. Like staying with a local, whether it's through couch surfing, which has deteriorated deteriorated a little bit as a project and as a website um so i can't vouch for it but i'm sure there's many other projects or ways to kind of stay with a local or with a host family i think that's probably the best way to experience a place without just having those tourist glasses on the entire time i completely agree i think that's really great i think yeah, I mean, like when you do live with locals, you you assimilate to what they do, and there's something more beautiful about that 
because it's so specific and unique, you know? And I think also it's, it's like, for example, if you're couch surfing in Peru, you're going to have a very different experience with a local than someone else who is couch surfing with another family in Peru. Totally, yeah. You know, rather when you are going to the touristy spaces, there's only so many touristy spaces that everyone goes to and everyone shares that experience. But that couch surfing experience is so unique to you and that family, you know, and that's super cool. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Every experience is so differ different. And like, the, I think when when someone says couch surfing, you immediately associate it with, I don't know, people in their 20s um, who, you know, share their places and then maybe cook together and party together. But I had some very different experiences. I, I remember in Mexico, I stayed um, with two guys that were incredibly humble and poor quite frankly like they lived in a place that had nothing really they had two beds with the, which they gave to me and my friend um and they like they wanted to sleep on the floor and our arguing about it didn't help like they really wanted to give us their beds and they worked on the street as jugglers in the intersections and kind of they shared this life of theirs with ours and then in, in, in the evenings and then at night they were jugglers in nightclubs and they were like you can come to the, those nightclubs with us basically we'll let you in and you'll be guests and you know we'll work there and it was such a crazy experience to kind of see this very very different lifestyle and to become friends with them and then another experience which i also had in mexico was an elderly couple like these this um this uh couple that was in their 70s i think um hosted me and they so they were from the US but they had relocated to Mexico to spend their retirement years there and they told me that they were doing couch surfing as a way to travel without traveling and to kind of invite the world into their home and they weren't very mobile and so we mostly were at their, like we spent some time together at their place and then we also went grocery shopping <laughs> this reminded me because you were talking about grocery shopping and I went grocery shopping with them and it's still like it, I still, this was so many years ago. This was in 2007, I think. No, 2010, something like that. And I still remember this trip to the grocery store with them because it was so special and such a unique experience. I love that. I, I love that. Uh, see, it's, it's the most simple things that can be completely different if you're around different people, you know? That's what makes it special. So... For you in this city, what do you recommend people if they if, if they want this more local like experience here in Berlin? What do you recommend? What's one thing that you recommend them do? Wow, it's a it's a really tricky question. I mean, the first thing that I think I always recommend is to try and experience the city from above. And possibly, if possible, by bike or walking or maybe scooters, like some way where the, where you're mobile, but you're not just reliant on the subway lines and the stops where the, they stop. Um, so I think if you can, if you're confident cycling in a big city with lots of dangers, um, I think that's the way to go. And then 
in terms of, I mean, are you talking about what to do when you're just trying to discover the city or, or what do you mean exactly? Yeah, I would say when you're trying to discover the city, but you know all the, the typical cliche things that you can do. But like, there's the things that, you know, are only day to day that more locals will only, you know, really get, which I think like, for me, I'm figuring out simply going to a park is something mm -hmm. that people just do normally, like on their day to day. And if you really want to experience the city, I really 100% agree, walking, biking, above ground, please do that. Like that was probably the best thing I did was get my bike and start walking because you completely experience city a different way. And then just going to parks, yeah, walking and going to parks and just chilling there. Like that's something I love seeing every time I go like out, it's just people chilling out of the park. And especially now where the weather is so great, it's like one of the best things you can do. That's true. Parks and also neighborhoods. So we did this um, episode where we talked about Berlin's neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I would recommend and that I kind of want to do more of myself is in instead of just going to the kind of areas or neighborhoods that are well-known or that have attractions, try to kind of go to different neighborhoods over time just to walk around and kind of see what is this neighborhood like. And one tip in terms of how to do that without immediately being bored and being like, okay, what am I doing? I'm just walking along some street where there's nothing. Um, Google Maps has this feature where basically they are marking areas that are busier with like daily life in this kind of light shaded yellow and i think it's based on basically the density of cafes and restaurants and shops because google maps knows about those and if it sees a lot of shops and restaurants in in a specific street it marks it with this kind of yellowish background and so picking a neighborhood or an area and then just looking okay which parts and sometimes it's just like two blocks or something it, it's not necessarily like a big area but then just picking a part and taking a walk there i think that would be a real kind of adventure in getting to know the city without being a tourist at all because that's not something that tourists do that's such a smart little thing that i like i Look at my um, Google Maps and like, I've always noticed that, but I've never thought about that in that way. That's probably a, yeah, that's good advice right there. Just going, like, yeah, just going to places where places are busy and like just seeing what you go there, you know, get there. I would also say go to bars and go to like pubs. Um, do you guys use the word pubs here? I think we usually say pub if it's an Irish pub. Otherwise, gotcha. we say bar. Gotcha. But Isn't... can I ask you, do you feel comfortable going to a bar by yourself because i feel like you mentioned this recently when we're traveling and like i'm not shy and i'm i'm happy to talk to people that i don't know and stuff like that i'm not an introvert at all but i feel like i would feel a little weird like going to a bar by myself and then like wh what do you do like you sit down and you kind of look around like do you do you ever actually do this I do this a lot. I do this a lot. Um, a lot. I did this when we were in Barcelona. I did this when I was in, I've done this in Berlin. I've done this in Austin. I've done this everywhere I go. Um, and kind of for me, I mean, I had no other choice. Um, like, especially if I go to like a new city, I don't know anybody. 
Um, so you kind of have to. And I've learned to be more comfortable with it. Like it's all about your mindset that that you go into it. You have to remember that no one knows you. And like, of course, you know, obviously be safe, be mindful, let people know where you are. Um, if that's something important to you, of course, you know, make sure you're being smart about it. But with all that aside, I do understand, you know, being uncomfortable in those situations, but I think that's also that spot, the serendipity, the spontaneity of it is you really don't know who you'll meet or what type of vibe or what type of mm-hmm. atmosphere you'll get by doing this. And when you're by yourself, you allow yourself to be open to anything that's coming. And you're also mm-hmm. a lot more approachable and you're also able to approach a lot more people when it's just yourself. Um, I remember recently, um, I like maybe two weeks ago, right before we left for, for Barcelona, um, I w- decided to go to a hostel randomly at night and just go to the bar there um, by myself. So I just walked to the hostel, went, got I me mean, a drink, and I was just sitting there by a table by myself. And I saw everyone talking, you know, and I was very nervous. I was like, Ah, like, like you will always be nervous. You will always be nervous. And I was like, I, I, I see these two guys. They're just chilling there. They're watching like something on their phone. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to interrupt them, but they don't feel, see like they're really by anybody. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me just take this swig of beer and let me just walk over there. So I took my swig of beer and I walked over there. I was like, hey, do you mind if I sit here? And they were like, yeah, sure. It turns out they were two tourists um, from Sweden that just made it to Berlin. Um, they really didn't know anybody either. They were just watching um, football um, just because they were bored. And like us, like me going up to them, approaching them, actually started some conversation. And some other people came along. Um, and it was such like a really cool experience. Um, and that happened to me when I was in Barcelona as well. I was just sitting by myself. Um, I made eye contact with somebody. We just started talking and then another person came over um, and it slowly grew. Um, I think you just have to, one, trust yourself. You have to know that you're a good person and you're like, okay. And the worst that anybody can ever say is just no. And if you say no, you know, you just move on. Like the only, you choose to feel embarrassed. You know, no one's going to make you feel embarrassed. So if you decide to not feel embarrassed or if you decide to feel embarrassed, but you still want to do it anyways, you'll just move on and find somebody else. You know, I always look for eye contact. Eye contact is always like the best way um, that I found to like approach people. Um, If you're sitting by yourself or whatnot and like you're looking around and someone makes eye contact with, with you like and not necessarily even in a flirtatious way sometimes flirtatious but not always that just acknowledgement of like you to another person is a little bit of permission to go up to them you know um i've i've i've, I've always found most times if it's someone that i've made eye contact with they're a lot like they're a lot more likely to have a conversation with me totally it's it's really funny because i feel like my friends know me as the person who makes friends in random places with random strangers but i feel like you are at another level where you (laughs) literally like force yourself to regularly i mean i I think it's also i mean i did this actually like when i was traveling by myself i actually did this way more too like i did actually go to bars sometimes by myself and i did talk to people and meet people and in hostels anyway you always meet so many people and it's so easy but i guess once you are settled in a place and like, you know, once you've lived in a place for a while and you have your friends and your social circle, then it's like, 
I mean, I'm at the point where I'm really struggling <laughs> to see my own friends often enough. And I usually feel very guilty about not being in touch enough and not seeing them enough. And so then like meeting strangers doesn't become a priority anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think it should still be a part in everybody's life because I think like meeting new people and meeting strangers and befriending them, even if it's uh, kind of temporary or you know, fleeting, I think it's an amazing experience and it's like a good feeling always. I agree. And yeah, like I've definitely, like when I was in Austin, when I first got there, I was meeting people, but then once I got my friend group, I stopped. And that's definitely something that I kind of wish like I didn't because I think like you're always going to, you know, find something exciting by meeting a stranger. And most times when I've met random people, it's always been better than I imagined it to be. You know, um, e even if I already have an established friend group, you have a person who can just offer you a new perspective um, or just a quick conversation. But, you know, you're continuously still meeting people because I think it's very easy to get comfortable, you know, like like I think there's levels to it. Like for me, me going to a bar and meeting people is kind of a survival thing um, because I need to meet people like I don't know anybody in the city. Um, but then it's like once you are past the survival and you're at the comfortability, then I think it's gonna it, it takes a little bit more push to be able to be like, okay, I'm not in survival mode, I'm in thriving mode, but I still need to still meet people. I still need to go out and do that. And it takes being conscious and aware that that's the way, way things are. And I mean, kudos to everybody who's able to be able to find their friend group, you know, and not need that. But I do think that you always do serve benefits from doing that. Like throughout the months that I was in um, Austin, some of the best people that I met were people that I met literally maybe a week or two before I left for Berlin. You know, I was there for like yeah. nine months and some of the greatest people were, I met literally the ninth month, the eighth and ninth month. Yeah, yeah. So it's always really great to meet strangers no matter what. So one thing that you wrote in our notes for this episode is that you don't want to be seen as a tourist. <laughs> and I wonder, is that really, are you worried about the perception of, I don't know, like, what, are you worried that if you are walking around town with a camera around your neck, that people will see you as a tourist and kind of look down on you? Or where does this feeling come from? That's a great question. And I would say no, it's not necessarily about them. Like, I really don't give a fuck about anybody else, what they think about me. I was in full-on tourist mode when I first got here. I mean, when we were on the, the train back to Berlin from the airport, yes. I had the yes, camera out were. every second. Um, I still like being a tourist, but I, I love, like, just, I love acting. I, I love assimilating into a culture. So it's more like a personal thing that, that I love to feel like I'm a part of the city, that I'm not like, mm -hmm. I'm not like someone, I am a part of the city, not an extension or like, like, like a temporary thing in the city, you know? Like, I think it's really cool mm -hmm. for me to dress the part and like act a part and go to things. It, it goes back to me really living the local lifestyle no matter how long i'm there yeah and to be honest i mean one topic maybe we'll do it as a separate episode um and it's obviously also like my entire <laughs> actual professional life is like learning german um and i think it's such a huge part of overcoming that kind of barrier or you know actually assimilating because once you've unlocked 
the language and you're able to understand people and make yourself understood, you are able to participate in things that you're otherwise maybe somewhat able to participate in, but you'll always stand out as, like you said, you know, someone who's there temporarily maybe or as a tourist or as a visitor or as someone who just got here. But once you're able to actually talk and not worry about it, then yeah, you, you're just a part of it. I completely agree. Um, and I actually noticed that fairly recently. Um, another thing when we were in Barcelona, I know we keep talking about Barcelona. Um, it's because we went on a work trip there um, and we literally just got back. So all of my stories are going to be Barcelona. But um, I had met up with Dustin, you know, him, um, and he was telling me about his experience in Berlin. And one of the things that he was really happy that he did was learn German because he felt mm-hmm. that it unlocked like a new layer for him in the entire city. Um, and yeah. like that just really changed my perspective of things. It, it's like, you really do are able to like unlock a completely different perspective in the entire city. I mean, entire country, whenever you are able to assimilate with the, with the language, you're able to communicate in the very smallest ways, you know, you're able to overhear a conversation and know what they're saying. You're able to read signs and understand what the signs mean, you know, um, and I think that's something that, like, it, it's very inspiring for me, you know, to learn German and to learn it um, fairly quickly, um, just so I can, like, really have that that essence and have that little extension of the experience. Because I think the best parts of Berlin are going to be the parts that are in German, because, I mean, it's a German city, you know, the foundation of it is German. So, like, I think that is a good way of assimilating to the culture and not necessarily being a tourist, but actually you know, like trying. Because also I'll, I'll add that, you know, traveling and going to different countries or going different places is not just about the visual sightseeing of a different city. But I think like there's other level of actually like experiencing what people there experience, you know, like, like why else go to a different place? Of course, yes, to sightsee and to like live on the beach or whatnot, but also to figure out how people live their lives there. You know, we are so used to the way that we live. So, you know, why not do what you can to respectfully um, figure out how other people live? Totally. Um, There's a book that I think is pretty well known at this point, but I really enjoyed it. It's called Vagabonding, an an Uncommon Guide to the Art of Long-Term World Travel. And one of the things it um, says and I still remember this, even though it's been a while since I last read this, is that a trip or any, yeah, any trip or journey doesn't begin the moment you leave your house. It actually begins once you make the decision to take the journey. And once you start saving up money for it or start making plans or start getting yourself into this mindset. And I think that's a really good attitude that things don't start because your eyes are seeing something differently or your feet are touching a different street there. They start when it, they start in your mind basically. And when I did my world trip, I traveled around the world for two years and I basically saved for that trip years leading up to it. Like I started saving for it years before I, I actually went. And I kind of considered that whole part of my life already part of the trip like that was already part of the experience and um yeah that's something that i would also recommend in terms of in terms of mindset i guess and just quickly going back to the language thing um i think berlin is really 
a double-edged sword because like if if you go live in a bavarian village you will by sheer necessity learn german very fast because otherwise you will just have a very difficult time just even kind of getting by whereas in berlin you can get by fine without english and you can you know do everything you need to do in daily life and you can also easily find friends because Germans love speaking English, most of them at least, or many of them. And there's a huge expat community in Berlin and you can basically never learn German and you'll be fine. But you will miss out on that kind of leap deeper level or kind of experiencing, you know, the rest that this place has to offer. Exactly. And I've heard that from everybody, even the expats I've met, like, oh, I haven't learned German or whatnot. And I think that's like cool, you know, you don't learn it. But like some people... I, I've talked to them. They've lived here for two, three years and they still don't know German. I'm like, how do you live here for so long and you still don't know the language? But granted, everyone has different, I guess, preferences or journeys or intentions whenever they move to a different place. But I think that's just very important because also for me, it's like one thing of not being a tourist is also being able to travel around Germany, not just staying in Berlin, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at one point, I would love to visit like um, Munich or, you know, any of the other cities and feel comfortable being able to go there and speak German, you know, like, like traveling yeah. around Germany. That would be, that, that's a really big goal of mine. Um, and those places that I can't necessarily rely on everybody speaking English. Um, so like, I definitely am like, yeah, you definitely can get by. We're just speaking English here, but also, I mean, like, it's also part of the, the journey to try to learn a different language or whatnot. And, we work in like a language learning community. So it's also very inspiring for me to do the same thing. Totally. Okay. What else? Um, is there anything else about this whole topic of being, not being a tourist? Yes. I actually have a question for you. Um, more like on like the funny things is how do you spot a tourist? <laughs> um, they stand on the cycle path that I'm trying to <laughs> race down on as fast as I can. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, th- seriously, we put this in a video, in an easy German video, even. Um, it's definitely a thing because, I don't know, I mean, part of the problem is the German way to build bicycle paths because they often are directly attached or even just kind of the same as the uh, sidewalk for pedestrians. And the only difference is like a slight change in color, but they're not separated in any way. And like in other countries, Um, they're like properly separated, which is much safer and better. Um, But yeah, so tourists often don't know, oh, this is meant to be for bikes and this is meant for pedestrians. So they just walk or stand. And then Berliners, true Berliners, get very upset and yell at them or furiously ring their bells. I didn't used to have a bell and just yelled at people. And at some (laughs) point I felt like this was actually unnecessarily rude. So I got a bell and now i'm <laughs> now you um, ringing my bell bing, 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 bing. um but yeah i mean that's that's definitely a surefire way to spot tourists um i mean i think you can tell from from kind of the backpack and the camera and the the way they look at their like the way <laughs> i say they as though it's like another <laughs> kind of people i'm obviously often in no this way. very <laughs> same role myself you know but like i mean 
you know, when you're like looking at your phone and you're kind of turning around to see if you're looking into the right direction and stuff like that. I always stop and ask, hey, um, do you need help? And sadly, usually people say no. And basically what they mean is I would rather trust Google Maps than I would trust you. A so please don't talk to me. <laughs> but but I think like when that happened to me in the past, when someone said, hey, do you need help? I always thought that was kind of like kind and always said yes i'm looking for this place or even if i wasn't looking for a place i would just say hey i'm visiting and thanks so much and whatever would just strike up a conversation because um yeah that's really cool when people kind of welcome you into their city by saying hey do you need any help yeah that's very true how do you spot a tourist um I spot a tourist, I think, yeah, definitely, I think by the way they're looking up in their phone or whatnot. But then, once again, I'm new to the city, so I won't call myself a tourist. But, like, I so I'm, I'm, I'm looking up on my phone, too, trying to figure out their directions. But sometimes I can spot a tourist, sometimes in the negative sense. Um, they're always going to be a little bit more loud, a little bit more obnoxious sometimes. <laughs> Um, True, depending on where they're from, but yeah, America. Some, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're the worst, and some other countries. Yeah, but yeah. True, um, true, and especially like in in inappropriate places. Like being loud is one thing, but sometimes, like in in public transport, for example. I mean, there's countries that are w way more to either extreme. So, for example, in Japan. You can be on a subway car and it is completely packed and it is quiet. No one is saying anything because it would be rude and it's just quiet. So Germany is not that either. But then there's other countries. Um, so, for example, I was on a few buses in China and I was just... I was just uh, surprised by the noise level. People would talk so loudly. And I think Germany is somewhere in the middle where you can have a conversation, but you are still kind of aware that there's other people and they shouldn't be able to hear every single word usually. But then though, I, I, I will um, like conflict on my own point because sometimes the locals are the loudest ones like drunk locals like they'd be like so like i i've been i've been on like the subway like late at night and the the drunk locals are the ones who are like the most loud so yeah i mean i guess yes. it, it's very hard to spot but then it, that sense like i know that they are locals you know they're also speaking german or whatnot um Yeah. So I, I guess honestly, by I spot a tourist by the way that they're talking, like if they're speaking English or German, and then also I guess like also how comfortable they are in their environment as well. Although I would say like th there's a lot of people speaking English in Berlin, and the the people who are tourists and the people who live here have like a different way of talking. Like I feel like t you know two two couples speaking English, I can usually tell who's here and who's just visiting fair interesting now is there anything as a local in berlin as someone who's lived here a long time that you aside from them walking on the back path things that you don't like tourists to do one big cliche which i don't experience where i live but i kind of understand how some people who live kind of in touristy areas would complain about this is the suitcases like the suitcases going over cobblestone, basically. Because some streets really have co cobblestone or some other um, surface 
that's not smooth and and then you have these hordes of tourists with their little suitcases that they're just dragging behind them and it just goes (laughs) and how that would be annoying um on the other hand i mean i used to be like i i traveled around the world with just a backpack and was a huge believer in it um but I also, I've warmed up to suitcases. I mean, especially if you're trying to bring a lot of stuff for some reason, suitcases with rolls are pretty nice. Yeah, I, this is definitely that digressing, but um, I definitely like backpacks more than like suitcases, but suitcases definitely have had their benefits sometimes. And I kind of regret it not having a suitcase sometimes, um, especially when you do end up having more stuff that you don't realize. But Love the backpack lifestyle, though. That's the true backpacking. People don't call it suitcasing. <laughs> First of all, that. And then also you can um, run upstairs, you know, yes. and not worry about, like, that's just like such an un- unseemly image of basi- basically anyone trying to carry their suitcase up a lot of, like, seven floors of stairs. It's just not great. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, to sum up my points, I definitely encourage people to still, I encourage, no, this is what I do. I encourage tourists to live like locals and locals to live like tourists. I think that, um, if you lived in a city for long enough, you should still try to have that same excitement as you would if you were touring the city. And also if you're touring, you still have the excitement of being a local and like trying to do things that locals would do. Like that will just give you that extra umph of like the city lifestyle that, you know, you might fall in love with it, you know? That's a great point. And it sounds like a cliche, but it's actually, it's a really good rule to live by. Because something that I really catch myself not doing is (laughs) experiencing the city. And especially like if I'm, you know, on a Sunday where I'm taking some time off work and and the weather is beautiful, it's just so easy to stay at home or stay in your neighborhood and do nothing, quote unquote. And that's also fine and has its place. But it's so easy to go to some amazing place in Berlin that you've never seen. And it takes you two hours because you just cycle there and then you cycle back. And it's such a low-hanging fruit and you get to be a tourist and and experience this thing that people pay thousands of dollars for and fly halfway around the world for. And you can just do it spontaneously on a Sunday. So you should do more of it. So I think you're absolutely right in terms of like having kind of the opposite mindset of the default. <laughs> 